Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the Voice Over Roadmap podcast, and this is going to be our last episode for 2017. I just want to thank everybody so much who submitted a question for our past episodes, all the guests who have been on these past episodes. If you haven't gone back and listened to some of the earlier episodes yet, I would strongly encourage you to do that. There's a lot of great tips and advice and a lot of great interviews with some of the guests that we had on the show. So I'd really encourage you to go back and check those out if you haven't already, especially if you're going to be traveling a little bit over the holidays in the car, on a plane, something like that. It's a great way to uh, spend some of that time. And as always, if you'd like to submit questions, you can do that at voiceoverroadmap.com slash questions. And if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, they will be at voiceoverroadmap.com slash 015. So as always, we have a performance audio and business question for this week. So let's jump right in with our performance question, which this week comes from Sherry. And Sherry asks, what's the current read style trend? So yeah, this is a question that we've touched on a little bit uh, with some of our guests in past episodes, and it's a common question and a question that I think the answer to changes from time to time. But um, the big one is conversational. Um, You know, that's something that I think is already pretty much understood. Conversational, laid back, casual style reads um, are very popular, much more so than announcer and narrator style reads. In a lot of job postings, you will see them strictly say no announcers, no voice over professional sounding kind of voices. So if that's not something that's already, you know, in your toolkit, not something that you're already comfortable with, it's definitely something that you should work on and practice either on your own or with a coach and just try to incorporate into your skill set. And you can do that by just reading some sample scripts on your own, by listening to commercials and finished projects that are out there, listening to the demo reels of other professional talent and auditioning. Auditioning is a great way to sort of practice and apply these skills in a real world setting. So conversational reads are a big one and they they kind of break down into different categories as well. You can have more upbeat, friendly, approachable conversational reads, but you can also have sort of subdued, inspirational, sort of motivational kind of conversational reads as well. Another popular read style trend now is sort of that inner monologue, thoughtful, inspirational kind of read. A good example is those Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercials, if you've ever seen those. Um, There's some Axe TV commercials out there as well that sort of have this style. So sort of like you're sort of watching the character on screen, but you're hearing their thoughts. It's casual and it's conversational, but it's not selling anything at all. And it's not very upbeat. It's not really, it's not really very friendly or anything like that. It's just somebody's inner monologue. It's very casual. It's very off the cuff. Doesn't sound anything like they're reading a script. That's a big part of the conversational read overall. So yeah, those are big read style trends now. And like I said before, if it's not something that you're currently doing, if it's not something that's currently represented on your demo reel, it's definitely something to start working on and to start looking a little bit more into, especially going into the new year. You know, new year is a time when a lot of people start fresh either with new demo reels or just new marketing plans or something like that. So it's a great idea that if you don't already have that stuff, now's a good time to start looking at it and to start practicing that. So thanks so much for the question, Sherry. And moving along to our audio question for this week, which comes from Robert. And Robert asks, what are the pros and cons of normalizing an audio file? So normalization is something that um, I think is a little bit confusing to newer voiceover talent or voiceover talent who don't really have a lot of experience with recording and audio engineering and the more technical side of being a voiceover talent. So what are the pros and cons? Well, the main pro and the main reason why people do it is because it makes your audio louder. And when you are submitting auditions or you're working on a project, you obviously want the overall volume level of your audio to be competitive with other auditions and with other projects that are out there. You don't want to submit very quiet, low-level audio. 
So normalization will make the audio louder. But that doesn't mean that that's the go-to way to make your audio louder, um, nor should it be. Because one of the major cons of it is that it can absolutely bring up any background noise or accentuate a poor noise floor in your studio. So normalization is not a substitute for proper gain staging, which would be recording your voice with proper gain levels on your interface and having proper recording technique in the way that you are speaking into the microphone or, you know, a poor noise floor or a poor studio setup. Normalization is not a cure for any of those things. All of those kinds of things should be addressed at the source. So you should be looking into, obviously, using good mic technique, obviously having a good, well-set-up studio with a proper noise floor, and proper gain staging, meaning that you're not recording at a very, very low gain level and then having to really, really boost up your signal in the post-production process. But at the same time, not recording at a very, very hot or a very, very loud level and then having to, you know, fix that in the post-production process. So normalization, it, it can factor into your post-production process for voiceover. Uh, it's not something that I do, and it's not something that I think a lot of pro voice talent do in terms of, you know, getting their signal up to a proper volume level. When I first started, uh, it was something that I did on pretty much everything, on all of my additions, on all of my projects, because it does help bring your audio up to a nice, consistent level. And if you normalize to the same level on everything that you do, it also helps, you know, to have some consistency in all of your auditions and all of your projects so that the sound coming out of your studio is consistent. But again, a more proper way to sort of approach that kind of stuff is A, have a good studio, have a, you know, well set up space to record in that's quiet, that's well treated, use proper recording technique on the mic, use proper gain staging. And then if you need more level, you can use something like a limiter, which will bring up your signal. And if you already have a well set up studio and everything that needed to be done at the source was done properly, you shouldn't really be bringing up a lot of noise floor or a lot of background noise with that signal when you put a limiter on it. So yeah, that's a quick kind of overview of normalization. There's, you know, it could you know, you can dig into it a little bit more. If it is something that you're curious about, you can definitely just do a quick Google search on normalization. And there's tons of blog posts and articles and videos on YouTube and all sorts of stuff out there that dives much deeper into it. But um, yeah, it's something that it's, it's, it's sort of a preference thing. It's not necessarily something that I would recommend, but it's not something that, oh, if you normalize your audio, you're terrible and it's, you're never going to get a job. It's, um, you know, it's something that could work for you depending on your studio setup and the way that you are recording. But, uh, you know, with with an aim towards having a really professional setup and a really professional sound, I think at some point normalization shouldn't really be part of your signal chain and you should move on to to creating better quality audio at the source. And if you need more volume, you can do some things like, like adding a limiter or even subtly increasing the gain a bit if it's just a very subtle change that you need in your post-production process. So yeah, thank you so much for the question, Robert. And let's jump over to our last question for this week, which is our business question. And this week's business question comes from Matt, and he asks, how do I know when I'm ready to start approaching agents? So yeah, this is, uh, this is a big question that everybody has at some point. If you don't already have an agent, it's sort of a, you know, a big milestone and a big goal for a voiceover talent as they grow their career and become more professional to finally land that first agent. So how do you know when you're ready to start approaching agents? Um, it's a great question because you don't want to start approaching agents when you're not ready. And there is definitely a few things that you should have in place before you start reaching out to agents. Otherwise, if you don't have these things in place, you're kind of just wasting your time because you really have a very, very, very low shot of landing representation with them. 
And you can also sort of be, you know, hurting your reputation with them if you submit and it's a really poor quality submission and then you want to try to submit again a few months later or whatever and they remember you, you might sort of go to that, you know, bottom of the pile, back of the list sort of thing. So what sort of things should you have in place before you start approaching an agent? Obviously, professional demo reels. Um, That's the main thing that you're going to be submitting to them for them to review and decide if you're a proper fit for their roster. So you don't want to have a poorly thrown together reel. You don't want to have a reel that is bad in terms of production quality, bad in terms of the reads that are on there, bad in terms of not showing who you are as a talent at that moment, bad in terms of just not having a good variety of reads. So you really want to have a professional reel, at least a commercial reel, hopefully some other reels too, narration, If you have any specialties that you do, animation, characters, promos, that kind of stuff, you want to have professional reels. That's kind of goes without saying. Another thing is that you want to have been consistently working prior to the point where you start approaching agents. They are very likely not going to add you to their roster if you just started doing voiceovers last week. An agent isn't somebody who, you know, you put yourself in front of and then then they add you to their roster and all of a sudden things take off. You're booking all kinds of jobs. They're doing great with you. You're doing great with them. It's not that kind of thing. They want to already see that you are capable of booking and that you're capable of being a working talent before they even add you to their roster, before they even give you the opportunity to audition for the projects that they work on. So have been consistently working. In terms of how long, you know, that's hard to say because it's different for everyone. I can't say you have to have been working professionally full-time for a year before you start you know, approaching agents. That's not the case. I mean, for some people, it will be maybe. For other people, it could be longer than that. It could be shorter than that. So there's no real time frame. but have some sort of track record of working professionally and consistently and landing jobs off of auditions, hopefully having repeat clients that come back to you. Have, you know, have the foundations of your own business built and, you know, have that ball rolling. Um, going along with that, you know, that will help prove that you are marketable, that you're capable of not just submitting quality auditions, but actually landing jobs from those auditions. So, you know, and that goes back to having a track record of work, having a client list, having credits, having demo reels and, you know, portfolios that are built up of real work that you've done. So those are the kind of things you need to have before you start approaching them. What would also help, it's not necessarily a mandatory requirement, but it's certainly something that uh, you should consider and strive for, is having some notable projects and some notable credits. It's nice if you can you know, rattle off a few really big name recognizable companies that you've done work for and show those projects. You know, if you have the videos, if you have the audio that you can share as well, hopefully, you know, you would have those on your website or on your demo reels, which are the kinds of things that these agents will probably be reviewing when they're reviewing your submission. So yeah, I'd say those are the main things to have. And once you have those things, then you can kind of know that you're ready to start approaching agents. So professional demo reels, definitely the foundations of a business been consistently working for a little bit, proven that you're marketable, proven that you're able to win auditions, and hopefully some notable projects and some notable clients that are represented on your demo reels and or your website. But that is a great question. And uh, the fact that you are just not diving right into approaching agents and that you're considering being ready before you do so, uh, I think that's great. And to kind of go along with that too, don't feel that, you know, everything needs to be perfect. Don't go too far with waiting till you're ready. It's okay once you have those things that I just mentioned to start approaching when you're, instead of being like, ah, you know what, let me get, let me just wait, you know, a little bit longer till I have that one really great credit that I can share. 
Yeah, that might, you know, tip things for you, but it might not. It might not even matter. If you have great demo reels and you've been working for a bit and you have a nice business and you have a great website, you know, they might not care that you don't have some giant company's name on your credit list. So, you know, it's like a balancing act. You got to toe that line between being too amateurish and not quite being ready and over preparing and trying to be a perfectionist. Uh, You know, there's a middle ground somewhere. There's like a sweet spot in there, which I think is the right point to start approaching agents. And just one final point on it, um, in a way, approaching agents is kind of like auditioning. It's a bit of a numbers game too. You have to, you know, don't just submit yourself to one agent. You don't hear back or you hear back, you know, negatively, hey, sorry, you're not a good fit at this time and say, ah, well, that's it. I guess I'm not ready. Let me just, you know, go back to the drawing board. You might be ready for an agent, but you just weren't ready for that agent and they weren't ready for you because maybe they already have 20 people on their roster that are, you know, in that same sort of style as you. And, you know, they just don't need someone like that right now. They might at some point in the future or they might not. But there could be another agency or several other agencies that are a little weak in that area and they could use someone like you. So once you do start approaching agents, it is a bit of a numbers game as well too. Um, Do your research. Don't just, you know, type in voiceover agent on Google and blast out an email to everything that pops up. Do some research, you know, try to find the ones that seem like they're a good fit. Make sure you're reaching out to the right people. If they have submission guidelines on their website, follow them. Don't just you know, send them stuff that they don't want. Uh, this all goes back to, you know, showing that you're professional and that you're somebody that they might want to work with. So make sure you present yourself that way once you do start approaching agents. But uh, yeah, again, great question. So thank you so much, Matt, for submitting that. And that is going to do it for episode 15 of the Voice Over Roadmap podcast and for our 2017 batch of episodes. So again, thank you so much to everyone who submitted, to everyone who listened, and to all the guests who have been on the show so far. I really hope you guys have been enjoying it. I've really enjoyed uh, creating these episodes for you. And if you have any feedback or questions or anything, please feel free to shoot me an email. You can do that directly at contact at voiceoverroadmap.com or you can just fill out the contact form on the site and have a great holiday season and we'll talk soon.